Good afternoon, everybody. Wet and rainy. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. And the news of the day is uh, the weather right now, actually. So let's start locally. I uh, told you just a moment ago that we have uh, we have traffic news uh, in in the traffic world right now. The LAF traffic uh, account on Twitter. Uh, this was posted 21 minutes ago. We sent out alert. Uh, we sent out an alert on the KPL app, and if you don't have that, you're missing out on these alerts uh, on the KPL app. Just a little while ago, I-10 East closed before Lafayette 77 and Gross Tate due to vehicle recovery operations. Congestion, as of 21 minutes ago, had reached four miles. Motorists were advised to take an alternate route. Uh, coming up. I-10 westbound, I noticed uh, in the eastbound lanes, you were already seeing slowdowns, a lot of brake lights, even uh, as I got off on the uh, on the Ambassador exit. So a lot of congestion. The, the weather, of course, not helping right now. There is a lot going on in the weather. Uh, just be safe driving out there in the Lafayette area, but also... 2016, it was around this time, you know, six years ago, 2016, there was um, a major unrelenting flood in Baton Rouge. It's not as bad right now, but uh, Baton Rouge is currently under a flood advisory or was uh, as of a few hours ago. There was street flooding, um, uh, more rounds of heavy rain coming in the days in the in for the rest of this week, basically for South Louisiana, including Baton Rouge. So the state's capital also tied up as uh, crews are trying to clear streets, trying to uh, clear... uh, There's a story, WBRZ crews were cleaning storm drains to prevent major flooding in East Baton Rouge. But we've seen pictures on social media and in news reports today of flooding in in, in Baton Rouge. So it's a very, uh, very... uh, uh, troubling issue in Baton Rouge right now. I have family over there had to text and, and, and check on them a little while ago. Thankfully, they live outside uh, the city, so it's not really affle- affecting them as much. But flooding in the area is pretty bad. Uh, so again, if you are traveling I-10 eastbound toward Baton Rouge, well, first of all, Baton Rouge appears to be underwater, but second of all, there is uh, an accident just past the Basin Bridge that is causing a lot of major congestion right now, and that is tying things up quite a bit. 232-1542, if you want to be part of the program, of course, if you have questions or you have uh, updates from I-10 as far as uh, the traffic and weather situation there, absolutely uh, call in, let us know that. Now, to the show that I was planning right before uh, the weather and traffic news started breaking. You've probably heard a decent bit by now about the elections in, um, in, uh, across the country. In particular, the media is highly, highly focused on Kansas. Here's what you need to know, however. The media wants you to know that voters overwhelmingly rejected an amendment uh, that would may that would say there's no constitutional right to an abortion. 
voters rejected it. However, there's a couple problems with that. And first, I need to read to you what the amendment, what the language they were actually voting on said. Because this is part of the problem with the vote yesterday. Here's the text they were voting on. Because Kansans value both women and children, the Constitution of the state of Kansas does not require government funding of abortion and does not create or secure a right to abortion. And of course, as I'm trying to tell you this, for some reason, the page refreshes. And so I have to stop right there. As is the way the Internet works, isn't it? So once again, we pull up the text of this amendment. I'm sorry, y'all. The computers decided to just freak out on me. Because Kansans value both women and children, the Constitution of the state of Kansas does not require government funding of abortion and does not create or secure a right to abortion. To the extent permitted by the Constitution of the United States, the people through their elected state representatives and state senators may pass laws regarding abortion, including but not limited to laws that account for circumstances of pregnancy resulting from rape or incest or circumstances of necessity to save the life of the mother. Does that text sound to you like it is an amendment saying there's no constitutional right to an abortion? There are a lot of, there, there were news stories that came out. The Guardian published one that said, this is a confusing language on this ballot. It's going to cause problems. And, and I think it did in part. But here's the thing. More than 900,000 Kansans voted on that amendment. And that amendment failed. I think some of it was people who read it and thought, is this saying the legislature is going to pass Lay, uh, pass uh, laws allowing abortion. I don't want that. And so they, they voted no on the confusing language. But there's another thing here. Kansas isn't really a bellwether state for how the country is going in this particular instance. The Democrats are cheering this on. They, they're, they're, they are now pivoting again to abortion. They are pivoting to abortion. The media is pivoting to abortion all the headlines are on this. I, I checked my Facebook app earlier and hit the news tab, and there were several stories about how Kansans rejected abortion or, or an abortion ban. But there's a stat they're not talking about. More than 750,000 voters showed up to vote in the gubernatorial primaries last night. The GOP winner had more votes than the entire Democratic Party combined. Think about that. The GOP winner had about 400, I had, I had 375,000 votes. His, the the runner-up had 87,000 or something like that. Combined the candidates in the Democratic primary had 250, 300,000 show up to vote. Kansas is a moderate red state. Moderate red state. 
There's one other statistic you need to know. No Kansas governor or no no party has held on to the governor's mansion in a year that their party was in power in Washington, D.C. In 2018, Republicans had the governor's mansion and lost. In 2022, Democrats are in control. They have the governor's mansion. They had a new primary for the next governor because this one's stepping down. But the Democrats are in control federally. And you have more Republican excitement in the primary than you do Democrat. That's a big deal. More on last night's elections across the country because there are things we need to get to. But we'll get to that in just a moment. In the meantime, be careful out there, especially if you're driving on I-10 eastbound. We're going to go ahead and take a break here on the Joe Cunningham Show. We are going to come back in just a moment from this break, and we'll have more on this and others on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to call in, be part of the program again. Uh, there is a pretty major vehicle accident just on the other end of the uh, Basin Bridge that is causing massive congestion. I-10 eastbound is probably going to be unusable before too long. Uh, so you might want to find alternate routes pretty immediately if you need to go somewhere, even here in town. Um, also, just quickly looking at traffic, uh, at the top of the hour, we had a stalled vehicle on uh, Reno and Roger in Scott and just before the 3 o'clock hour, there was a vehicle accident uh, on Ambassador. So uh, those are just some of the things out there. Y'all, please be careful uh, driving this. Um, this has been a, a crazy, crazy uh, uh, weather pattern we're having. I mean, it's, it's kind of not crazy in terms of unpredictable, just the fact that it's, it's continued to do this and we're continuing to see uh, a lot of these accidents and things like that. And of course, the, the anything that happens on the Basin Bridge is just not a good situation. So um, that is, uh, that's the situation in terms of traffic. Now, last night's election uh, in Kansas, you had Kansas voters rejecting an abortion ban amendment to their constitution, or, or uh, not an abortion ban, but uh, it was an amendment that would say there is no constitutional right to an abortion. And essentially what the language of the bill was, or the language of the amendment was getting at was the only way that we can uh, allow or disallow abortion is through the legislative process. But the wording of the amendment was so confusing that it was, you know, it, it was probably, it probably suffered some, uh, some of the votes against it were probably actually for the amendment, but it was worded so very badly. The issue at hand, though, is that the Democrats are just jumping on board here. They are fully on board with uh, pivoting back to abortion, and that's not really the issue here. That's not really what Kansas is signaling, because again, if you heard me in the last segment, the GOP primary vote over was overwhelmingly uh, the, the Republican vote uh, overwhelmingly led the way last night in Kansas. There were more votes for one 
GOP candidate in their primary than there were the entire Democratic primary. There's a lot more enthusiasm for the GOP right now. The Democrats, though, really need abortion to take off as an issue, something that saves them. Here's why. In 2020, Joe Biden won Colorado's 7th district by 13 points. Polling now has the Republican and Democrat running in that open seat virtually tied. The Democrat has a two-point advantage, 44-42. That's within the margin of error. What's worse is the group that polled this is a group, it's a Republican group. It is a Republican group, so there are some partisan biases here, but the Congressional Leadership Fund puts money into races they think they can win, so they have to do good polling. If they're polling this race as being that tight... And they are throwing money into that race. That's a problem for the Democrats. Democrat Brittany Peterson leads Republican Eric Adland 44 to 42% within the margin of error in a mid-July survey. It was a live caller survey conducted from July 18th to July 21st among 400 likely voters. The margin of error is 4.9 points. A generic ballot found a Democrat candidate leading a Republican candidate 45% to 44%. Here's what Politico was noting about this, and this is why the Democrats are freaking out right now. Open seats are increasingly posing a problem for the Democrats, depriving them of well-known incumbents with large campaign accounts. This particular seat's Colorado's 7th Congressional District will be vacated by retiring Democratic Representative Ed Perlmutter. But Peterson, a state senator, has proved to be a stronger fundraiser than Adlin, a combat veteran. She raised nearly $750,000 in the second quarter compared to Adlin's $141,000. The Democrats the Democrats have more open seats right now than Republicans did in 2018 when Republicans lost the House and Senate. And in many of these districts, even when Biden is won the seats in 2020 by double digits, Republicans are either competitive or in some cases are winning. And it is freaking Democrats out right now. They don't understand... I don't know if they've got blinders on. I don't know if they are just, if they're losing it. I don't know what it is. But they are kind of ignorant as to why this is happening to them. And they keep pushing forward with the stuff like going all in on abortion, which is actually turning off voters. More on this and other election issues from last night here on the Joe Cunningham Show when we come back from this bottom of the hour news break. Again, if you want to call 232-1542, we'll have that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. 
Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to call in and be part of the program. So last night, there were other elections, not just in Kansas, although Kansas is the one the media wants to cover because of the abortion issue. Um, a big election in Missouri. And this is one to pay attention to because, again, this comes down to a matter of candidate selection by Republicans. And in Michigan, I'm sorry, in Missouri last night, the correct decision was made. Eric Schmidt, the attorney general of Michigan, uh, was nominated by the Republicans, won overwhelmingly. Uh, and actually, Eric Greitens, who was in second place, came in third when the actual vote tally came in. He was behind Vicki Hartzler, who Trump had vowed would, he would never endorse her. Trump yesterday did come out. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The day before yesterday did come out and say that he nominates Eric. The problem is there's three Eric's in that race. There was Eric Schmidt, Eric Greitens, and a third one that nobody knew about named Eric McElroy. was really hoping Trump's endorsement would push McElroy across the finish line. He ended up with like 3,000 votes, maybe. Not even that. I think it was maybe 25, maybe closer to 2,500. But Eric Schmidt winning the race does pretty much ensure that that seat will stay Republican. It's Roy Blunt leaving that seat, and it is uh, Eric Schmidt who will likely be taking that over. The reason that's important, uh, Eric Greitens was not that popular. In Missouri, he is a Democrat turned Republican. He was a pro uh, gun control Democrat turned Republican. He was caught up in an affair scandal that turned into a blackmail and sexual abuse scandal that then turned into an also he's a domestic abuser scandal. Allegations of that with evidence floating around out there on all of that. Eric Greitens will be pursued by the justice system for the stuff that he is accused of for years to come. And there was significant polling showing that if Eric Greitens were the candidate, he would lose to a Democrat in Missouri. Missouri is fairly Republican, but they do have a tendency to uh, put in some Democrats from time to time in federal races. Now, another big news story from yesterday is that Peter Meyer, who I told you guys about, uh, a freshman representative in Congress voted to impeach Trump. And, well, not freshman, uh, relatively young, relatively new to the scene congressman in Michigan, I think. And Peter Meyer lost in a primary against a Trump-backed Republican. And Adam Kinziger is out there furious about this. And he, he's, he's out there blaming Democrats because Democrats in that particular race and in other races across the country, Democrats have been putting money in to help these Trump-backed Republicans win these races. And Adam Kinziger is out there furious about it. He's absolutely furious at the Democrats for promoting these pro-Trump Republicans that are costing the seats of the anti-Trump Republicans, the never-Trump Republicans who are currently in Congress who voted to uh, impeach Trump. Kinziger is one of those never-Trump Republicans, one of those who voted to impeach him, and has stood by, uh, stood by that as he's been on the January 6th committee. The problem for Kinziger is, 
is the same problem I told you guys about here in the state of Louisiana. Stop trying to be friends with the Democrats. It doesn't work. They're not your friends. The Democrats are looking at these races and they, some of them really and truly think that getting pro-Trump Republicans elect, uh, nominated in the primaries is enough for them to win races across the country. And you look at the polling and that's not the case. You look at the polling and you've just wasted precious money that needs to go to races to save incumbents. And you've just blown it. That's to the Democrats. The Democrats are wasting their money trying to endorse and promote these pro-Trump Republicans because they think that will be enough to help them win some of these seats. But the problem is that Adam Kinziger is mad at the Democrats for doing this. He thought there would be some sort of honor amongst thieves. He thought, well, you know, we voted to impeach Trump. I thought we were friends on this issue. Why? If you've been saying Trump is a threat to democracy, why would you back a pro-Trump Republican? Why would you use your money to promote this candidate over another one? Because it's politics, Representative Kinziger. They are playing politics. If Trump was a real threat to democracy, you know the Democrats would not be promoting those candidates, if they thought, if they truly thought that the threat to democracy was more than a rhetorical talking point, they wouldn't be promoting pro-Trump Republicans to take out anti-Trump Republicans in Republican primaries. They would be spending the money just to get their own candidates elected, and that would be enough. But they are getting involved in Republican primaries, favoring one candidate over another because they think that it makes their chances of winning more likely. But if it was truly about principle over party, if it was truly about country over party, you do not give assistance to the people you say are a threat to democracy, who are crazy, who are the type of people you don't want involved in American politics because they are authoritarians. You say all these things, but then you turn around and boost their campaigns so they get nominated in primaries. And you know what the polling shows? These pro-Trump Republicans are going to get elected to Congress. And it's not the pro-Trump candidate's fault. It's not Trump's fault. It's not the anti-Trump Republican's fault. It is the Democratic Party who are getting these pro-Trump Republicans elected only for them to turn around and say, well, these guys are threats to democracy. How'd they get elected? The Republican Party is too extreme. You spent your money to get them elected. Adam Kinziger was foolish enough to think that he had friends among the Democratic Party who actually cared about the whole threat to democracy thing. His partner in crime, Liz Cheney, is out there saying that, uh, that real men vote for her and posted a picture of Kevin Costner in a I'm voting for Liz or I support Liz Cheney shirt. Costner voted has voted consistently for and publicly for Democrats for years. It's not the message you want to send out. But Liz Cheney, likely in trouble in her own race, and Adam Kinziger, who's leaving Congress because he doesn't want to be involved in any of this foolishness anymore, 
Both of them really and truly think that if they just became friends with the Democrats and they could work together to stop this threat to democracy, that they could really reform the country for the better. Meanwhile, the Democratic Party turns around and they start pouring money into races to help the pro-Trump Republicans get elected. It's crazy. If these pro-Trump Republicans are a threat to democracy, you do not let your money touch them. But that's not what they want. What they want is who they think is the weaker candidate. And they've been doing this for years. Both parties actually do this to a certain extent, but the Democrats have made this into an art form. Clara McCaskill pouring money in to get Todd Aiken to be her opponent in a Missouri Senate race several years ago was the the biggest of that era. And the Democrats have continued using that strategy. But now it looks like it's about to come back and bite them in the rear because they're getting these pro-Trump people elected in a swing year when the numbers are against them in all the polling. So not only are Republicans going to take seats the Democrats really want, those Republicans are the, quote, threats to democracy that the Democrats have been shouting about for years now. The Democratic Party's lost its mind, and Adam Kinzinger's lost his mind if he really and truly thought that the Democrats were above being partisan and being, frankly, political about all this. 232-1542, let's go ahead and take a break. When we come back, the Schumer Mansion bill, is it in trouble? There are some hints that it might be. We'll have that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show. A bit of breaking news here. Uh, Republican Congresswoman Jackie Walorski killed in a car crash. Uh, this is uh, pretty sad news. Uh, Jackie Walorski of Indiana killed in a car crash Wednesday, along with a member of her county's GOP and a member of her congressional team. The accident happened around 12.30 p.m. today. So uh, prayers for Congresswoman Walorski's family. Uh, don't know much about her as far as uh, her time in office or anything like that, but uh, just a, a sad, sad situation. Uh, so that is breaking news right now. You'll probably be hearing more on that on the Fox News updates here shortly. Before we get out for the day, uh, Joe Manchin and Chuck Schumer may actually be in trouble with the uh, reconciliation bill they're putting forward. As of right now, there is no movement on this bill. Looking at Chad Pergram uh, at Fox News, and, and he's got a, a, a nice Twitter 30. I've got it in my show notes uh, over at kpl965.com. If you want to see the first tweet there, you just open that tweet. And you can see a whole string of tweets. Let me read what he's got. It was a week ago today that Senator Joe Manchin announced out of the blue that he and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer forged an agreement on a scaled-down social spending package. A week later, the bill has yet to move through the Senate. The measure will focus on taxes, inflation, deficit reduction, reducing the cost of prescription drugs, energy, and climate change. Uh, we can distill the holdup into four factors. The first... The math. The bill must have the votes to pass. The second, the health. It is all but presumed that Demo Senate Democrats need all 50 of their members, plus a prospective tie-breaking vote from Vice President Harris, to pass the bill. 
the price tag. We are still waiting on a cost evaluation from the Congressional Budget Office. And where's that fourth one? Um, oh, and the fourth one is uh, Kirsten Cinema. Right now, Manchin being on board does not mean the Democrats have all 50 votes they need. Kirsten Cinema is being very coy about whether or not she's going to vote for this package. And it's not like the Democrats can get somebody like Lisa Murkowski to cross over. Murkowski's already out with a statement saying she doesn't like the price tag. She doesn't like that it raises taxes on Americans. Right now, the Democrats have a little bit of an edge because John Cornyn of Texas tested positive for COVID-19. So right now, in a floor vote, it's 50 to 49 in favor of the Democrats. Right now, it's looking like the Senate will have a weekend session to pass the bill. This will be done through what they call a voterama. Uh, 12 to 15 hours of real time with senators casting roll call vote after roll call vote, one after another for hours. Final passage will come at the end. Then the measure goes to the House. The problem with that is that the House is on recess. So uh, House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer will have to give a one-day warning to lawmakers before recalling them to Capitol Hill to vote on this measure. Right now, the House is looking at a session uh, from August 8th through 11th, but they need the Senate to pass the bill first, which is kind of in limbo. A veteran of other budget reconciliation battles pegged the chances the Democrats have the have to pass the bill at around 55% before the end of August. Um, another uh, veteran of the budget reconciliation progress uh, or process says that this is like a leaf blowing in the wind. You never know where it's going to go. So this bill that Manchin cashed in his political capital on may not even happen. It likely will. It likely will. But as of right now, it's up in the air. From Pergram at Fox News, one dynamic to watch is how often Manchin talks to sell the bill. He did the full Ginsburg on the Sunday shows. He has had two formal press availabilities in the hall this week. He has made multiple other TV, TV cable news appearances. When you don't have the votes, you talk. When you have the votes, you stop talking and vote. Based on Manchin's uh, speaking right now, they don't have the votes. For months, everyone thought that getting Manchin on board was the hard part. Manchin's now on board. And we still don't know if this bill is going to go through or not. It's a very fascinating development. Incredibly interesting. But there's more. Again, I mentioned Lisa Murkowski. Lisa Murkowski is one of two Republicans I say would be most likely to cross over to vote. The other being Susan Collins. Democrats are not going to be able to rely on Murkowski as a backup if they struggle to get Cinema's vote. Here's Murkowski's statement. 
The Democrat reconciliation bill contains too much new spending with new taxes that will unfortunately be shouldered by the American people. Such sweeping tax hikes will hurt investment. We need to grow the economy. They will harm manufacturers and result in higher costs for the American people. This wholly partisan measure is not the cure for the country's economic distress. That's bad news for the Democrats. If Murkowski is coming out and saying this, that means the Republicans know the bill's in trouble. If Murkowski is coming out now and saying she's a no vote, that is a bad sign for the Democrats. And as all this continues, it will likely only get worse for the Democrats the longer this is delayed. You have a lot of Democrats right now who are more moderate, but are nervous about their reelection prospects. And Kirsten Sinema is the only one left fighting for that. She may eventually be a yes vote, but remember I said John Cornyn's out on COVID right now. If Democrats lose any members of the Senate to COVID, they can't pass this bill. They can't get them in for a roll call vote. And then it's over. And we go into an election and the Democrats are in absolute trouble. They have made this bed and now they have to lie in it. All right, y'all, be safe driving out there. Still seeing some raindrops coming down. All sides uh, in just a minute with me and Shannon. And in the 5 o'clock hour, it is Remember Wednesday. So be here for that and more. In the meantime, going to take a break for the Joe Cunningham Show. Follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Check out the podcast of the show, and I'll talk to you guys again soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.